What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day. Free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you Monday through Friday. So make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same as Locked on Blazers, your team every day. Today's show, we're talking about Amphrey Simons. It is just the topic that seems to be on everyone's mind. There is um, frustration and angst and impatience within the Trailblazers fan base. And one of the main targets of that frustration and that angst and that impatience is Ant. So I want to spend an entire episode talking about my man. I also want to just say, like, I did an episode not too long ago that I will link in the episode description for this, for this, as you're listening to it, it's in the episode description, uh, talking about the sort of viability of Dame and Ant into the future. Uh, I did, I did a whole show on it. Uh, I I think you should listen to that one as well, because we're not, I'm not really going to touch on that in depth, but we will mention it for sure. But what I want to do is I want to talk about strengths, weaknesses, and then kind of what the what the future should be, what the Blazers should do with Ant as a member of this team going forward. So we'll start with strengths. We'll move to weaknesses. We'll talk about what's next. But but let's. I really want to hammer this. When we talk about basketball players, we just talk about what they can't do. <laughs> It, it just seems to be as you get better and better and better and better. And it's what you can't do. It's just always what you can't do. So the strengths are really important for Anthony Simons. What he can do really, really, really matters. It really matters. Being good matters. It, it, you're, you're sometimes the weaknesses and what you're struggling with are the loudest parts. And sometimes they're, they're, they can be the easiest to see. And, and, it, and it, the more you see the struggles, the less you see the strengths, but the strengths matter. And every time he's a really good offensive player. Like he's he's really a good offensive player. Uh, if you are, you know, if you're familiar with sort of my oeuvre, um, I'm not a big fan of what John Hollinger of the Athletic calls calls the alphabet soup statistics. That's like the sort of catch-all stats. So estimated plus minus, box plus minus, Raptor, LeBron, PER. Like that's not really. I don't think the catch-all stats are perfect. Uh, I don't think any of them are particularly perfect. I, I think, um, I think BPM is pretty good. Like I, I, I do. Um, I think estimated plus minus is pretty good. But I think sometimes they overstate some things that I don't love. They don't always match up with my eyeballs. Uh, that's not. A, that's not always, always a sign of a good. A good. Um, you know, my eyeballs aren't always correct. So it's not a sign of a, of a good stat. If does it, does it correspond with what you think you see? Like that's not exactly a way to judge good statistical use. Um, and I'm not suggesting that, but in general, like the, the advanced stats suggest that Ant is somewhere between a very, very good, like top 15% in the league to above average offensive player. He is, you know, Raptor calls him a, a slightly above average offensive player estimated plus minus an, a uh, you know, top 15% of the league box score plus minus also very, very good. Um, you know, he's like a, like a, in a 16th, a minus 16th percentile or 84th percentile. If you're the other direction, right? Like a very good offensive player, but I don't think just the, the like alphabet soup stuff captures everything you need to know about Ant. right? You've seen it. I've watched every minute of his every every minute of probably his career. I've missed a handful of games here and there, but uh, I'm not. I'm not. I can't, won't lie to you. But like I've I've missed. I've watched every single minute of his season 
for sure. And some minutes multiple times. Uh, now that I'm doing the podcast regularly, I don't, I do not miss minutes. I think Ant is an awesome offensive player, an excellent offensive player, even. And some of that is captured by the advanced stats that suggest that he is indeed in the, you know, top quarter of the league in offensive talents. His pull-up shooting is really special. He's a very good catch-and-shoot player. His individual creation ability to go get his own shot is really good. He has seen an uptick in his ability to both get to the rim and finish at the rim this season. He is, um, the last seven games, he's shooting like 30% from three, but prior to that, he was pushing, he was had a higher usage than he'd ever had before, even last season when he got like the keys to the keys to the ship, the whole second half last season, the highest usage. And he hadn't really seen too much drop in efficiency in general. Like overall, he hasn't seen a significant drop in his effective field goal percentage or his true shooting percentage, but he's, he's drops a little bit this year. And some of that is just like the last little bit, last two weeks, he hasn't played very well. Um, he, he's just, his he's struggled a little bit shooting the ball and that's what he does well. And so he's, it's, it's kind of showing up, you know, he's down to 37% from three and Ant's like real value is that he's like a volume 40% three point shooter. Um, and so I recognize dropping that makes him is, is, is part of his struggles, but on the whole, he grades out as an ex, he, you know, you watch him. He's an excellent basketball player. He is a, uh, in terms of points per possession and pick and roll. All of the numbers suggest that he is very, very, very good at it. Like he's an elite pick and roll scorer, an elite pick and roll scorer. He's an elite one-on-one creator. And these are skills that you just can't find everywhere. You cannot find, it is harder to find a guy who you can say, go get a bucket versus a guy who's a play finisher, right? He's a, every shot, every Simons is a, is a shot creator and shot creation is a very hard skill to come by in the league. And he is not only very good at it at volume, he's been very efficient this season for the most part. Um, you know, last seven games aside, he's been very, very efficient. That skill shouldn't be undermined. There are things he's not good at, but, but the most important thing to be good at in the modern NBA is offense. He's a very good offensive player. Still, still a very good offensive player. And I'll say this again before we go to the weaknesses. The strengths matter. What he's really good at matters. He has taken on a bigger role. He's, you know, scoring at his career best. He's like, you know, playing more minutes, et cetera, et cetera. But like, he's, he's, even as per 36, like he's scoring more per minute than he was last year. Like he's, he's just, he's, he's scaled up with a bigger role, a bigger ask as you as a starting guard. You know, he's, he's, he. He's good. He's good on offense. Good on offense. I don't. I don't. I don't think you need to paint it too much. That the the one on one shot creation. He's um, his mid range game is better than it's been. His it, getting to the rim is better than it's been. He still doesn't get fouled a bunch, but getting to the rim, finishing at the rim is better than he's been. Like he is. He is a very good offensive player that has improved in some of the areas where he was lacking in the past. Those are his strengths, and they're undeniable. What I want to talk about in the second segment is recognize some of his weaknesses because. Um, this isn't like rose-colored glasses podcast, isn't it? I, I try to be pretty fair, and I think I generally am relatively positive. Maybe if I'm pessimistic about like most teams lose, um, and it's okay. Like I, I think I try to be generally like find positives in things. I, I, I try to make this show um, not all doom and gloom. There's just too many doomers on the internet. I don't. I want to join the crew. And it's good on offense. It's, by some measures, very very good. He has some weaknesses. Let's talk about those in the second segment. But first, let me tell you, 
This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I play Prize Picks. I use the app. Um, you can also go to PrizePicks.com when you play as well. What you're doing is you're picking an entry between two and six players. I like to play NBA, but they're going to have everything on there. NFL all during NFL season. Uh, all the other sports as you get rolling back with baseball and and what have you. It's all going to be there. You can even play hockey if you're an NHL person. Uh, it's all there. Oh, pr- uh, Pick sets the, the lines and you pick over or under the lines they set, above or below the lines they set, and you can win money from there. You can win up to 25 times if you get six for six right, but you don't have to pick six for six. You can say, I'm going to get four out of six or five out of six right, and the best part is just you versus projections. No sharks, no pros, no field, just you versus the line. So go right now to prizepicks.com or download the app, and when you do, if you're a first-time user, put in the promo code Locked On when you sign up, and you can get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That means you put in 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks. you put in 50 bucks. You get 50 bucks. It's pretty simple. It's exactly what you guessed right there. So don't wait. Go take advantage today. Prizepicks.com or download the app and get your $100 instant deposit match. All right. Let's talk about Amphrey Simon's weaknesses. An elite offensive player who has taken strides to be maintained a high level of efficiency with higher volume. But the man has real weaknesses, and they're just, they're true. He has struggled a little bit as a playmaker this year because his handle's not super tight and his court vision is not what you wanted. I I am, you can go find the tapes. Last year, I was pretty, in December, I was pretty worried about Amphrey Simons developing as a playmaker. Didn't, didn't have a lot of high hopes as him of him becoming a very good playmaker. I thought it kind of had tunnel vision. I thought, man, he can really score, but he can't do anything else. Then... He gets a bigger role in January, and he really took steps forward as a playmaker and became a really, really... He he started to make more advanced reads in the pick and roll. Like, he really did. He hasn't improved from that. He made some some big strides between, like, Christmas and MLK Day last year when he was given, um, you know, given more control of the offense and, and, and asked to be the primary guy. He hasn't really made strides from that. He still struggles to see some basic cuts and keep his eyes up. And sometimes he can get into dribble, dribble, dribble and only see the rim. I think he can um, predetermine some of his reads and say it, maybe it's not there. Uh, he's he's He just doesn't have this elite level court vision. He's a scorer first. He's really good at it. He has not taken the next step as a playmaker. He has improved a ton since early in his career, to be clear. Proved a ton. But he hasn't taken the next step to be a high-level playmaker. Um, some of the advanced stats, including from B-Ball Index, like him more as a playmaker than I do. So um, if you see something differently than me, certainly there are some uh, analytical guys out there that suggest Ant is a better playmaker than what my eyeballs see. But I see him missing reads pretty often, missing cuts pretty often. Um, the simple read, the one read he can make, that second-layer read where it's a guy rolls, help defender comes, so you have the corner open. I'm not. He doesn't see it, or he doesn't see it fast enough, and he can make uh, mistakes. His handle's a little, little. He struggles a little bit with his handle, right? Like his, his, he just, he's not. He's still not there with his strength and balance to when guys are really physical with him to be able to get where he always wants to go. He can get into a pull up pretty much whenever he wants, and that's a really good shot for him. So it's not that big of a deal. But guys can kind of take him out of what he wants to do and sometimes take the Blazers out of what they want to do by really getting into Simon's chest. And I think some of that is just like core strength, balance. And some of that is just his handle. It's not, he's improved his handle, but he needs to take another step forward improving his handle because if you get him in his left hand and really get after him, there are times he can't make some plays. Um, And guys not being able to make plays with their offhand is pretty normal, um, but Ant struggles with that. 
he still doesn't get to the free throw line enough. He has improved getting to the free throw line each each of the last couple of years. He's improved, particularly this year with more volume. He's improved from last year when he was a pretty high usage guy, getting to the free throw line more often. Still doesn't get there as much as you'd like. Um, certainly below average, uh, significantly below average in sort of all players' free throw uh, free throw rates. And that has made him about a league average true shooting percentage because true shooting percentage factors in free throws. He just doesn't get to the line enough to sort of boot, juice that uh, that true shooting percentage. If he got there more, he'd be an even more efficient player. And he's already a very efficient offensive player. That's a weakness of his game. And on defense, he's just a bad defender. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's any way to spin it. But I will say this. He's a better defender than he's been. I think this has been Amphrey Simon's best defensive season best defensive season. I think he's stronger. I think he understands it more. Um, I generally think it's not an effort issue with him. I do not think he's not playing hard. That's not what I see. In fact, just in general, I don't think the Blazers struggle from an effort issue. I think they struggle from a focus issue uh, fairly often, but not an effort issue. I don't think they're dogging it. I think sometimes they're not as sharply focused and sometimes they're just a little undermanned. But in general, like as a whole team, I don't think they struggle from effort issue. And I do not think every Simon struggles effort-wise on, on uh, defense. He just gets beat. Sometimes physicality can overwhelm him. Uh, you can just you can just bully him a little bit. And sometimes keep, the simple process of keep ball in front of you and be physical into the ball escapes him, and he can let guys just toro toro blow on by. He is he can do some straight matador defense stuff. And some of the, again, that's not an effort thing. I do not think it's an effort thing. I think it's he is. Closes out on a guy, says, is a pick coming? Turns your head, not sliding fast enough. Or he closes out on a guy's left hand, the guy goes right. Uh, or he sticks with it for one, two, f- three dribbles. That fourth move gets his hips turned a little bit and gets beats. And he doesn't have that. He doesn't have... What Ant is missing is the high-level pattern recognition on defense. That's a super nerdy term. But I really think that's what he's missing. It's not that he's not trying or not thinking. It's that he is thinking. And the processing for him is slow. And because he's processing a little bit slow, uh, it means he can get beat. It means he can get beat off the ball sometimes where he's reading, okay, this screen's coming this way, back cut. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga killed him with a couple back cuts against against the Warriors. Or he can, um, or he knows something is coming, and they run a counter, and he's not ready for that counter because he's still, he's still processing it, processing it. Some of the issues on defense for guys um, who are learning the ropes and are bad defenders is that they just do not have the supercomputer level ability to process four or five things: the ball, your man, and the eight other dudes on the court at the same time, as really high level defenders do. Like. This is a weird, this is like a stupid example for Ant, but like um, Draymond Green is not particularly fast. He is not particularly tall. He is not particularly bouncy. He is one of the best defenders to ever play the sport because his brain processes stuff super, 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 super fast. He's got good hands and a really fast brain. Uh, Robert Covington, slow feet, fast hands, really fast brain. Like it's, he just, just reads things really quickly. I think Ant struggles with the, the processing speed on defense. I think he's just not seeing all of the stuff quickly enough, or if he does, he's a beat and a half behind. And if you're a beat and a half behind in the NBA, you're going to get picked on. If you couple that with a little, just not the physicality you need to guard up, right? If you say, I'm a big wing. I want the switch. I want him bring, bring number one, slow processing and not like high level strength, not being super duper strong. You can get picked on a little bit. You get bullied a little bit. And gets bullied. He's a bad defensive player. Uh, he has, he is by pretty much my eyeballs and every statistical measurement, 
an improved defensive player from what he's been in the past, and yet still a below average, you know, bottom third in the league, bottom by some measures, like below that in terms of defensive impact. Like he's, he's estimated plus minus has him in the bottom 30% in the league. Uh, Raptor has him as a, a pretty significantly below average defender. One of the worst, you know, uh, among the Blazers' top eight, the only defender that is worse than him is Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp is freaking 19 years old. Um, he's played 40 NBA games and is in year five. Like, um, he's he grades out as a as a bad defensive player. Uh, BPM box score plus minus also has and as a as a bad defensive player, but not that bad to be honest. Not that bad. In fact, um, his box score plus minus relative to relative to where he is um, as as based on his role suggests that he's like kind of fine i don't see that i do not be i don't see that as kind of fine i see him as straight up bad at it but the advanced some of the advanced metrics suggest that he's like okay b-ball index has him as an okay perimeter defender it's not really what i see that's why it's like uh, so if, if you are seeing something different i think some of the like i said the analytics tool suggests that you might be are seeing what 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 they are seeing um his weaknesses matter more because of his coworkers. He's an elite offensive player who struggles a little bit on defense. A lot of a lot of teams could use a guy or could figure out how to use a guy who is, you know, maybe a little bit physicality-wise, not just like straight up height-wise, but physicality-wise a little undersized for a 2 and is not a great not a high-level playmaker but is a bucket, can absolutely score at a high level at volume. But if you're building a perfect team next to Damian Lillard, you would not choose that archetype. Unless you're the Blazers who have chose that archetype for a decade. <laughs> That's what my friend Katie Heindel called Groundhog Day. Uh, the Blazers said the Blazers are stuck in the middle. It's truly Groundhog Day. And I, I kind of agree. It feels familiar. And I've talked about the familiarity and the struggle that I have sort of thinking about the familiarity moving forward. But so much of the fan base, not so much, the loudest parts of the fan base, probably a very loud minority, but loud part of the fan base, thinks that the Blazers' only path forward is trading him. And I'm on the record saying that I don't think the Blazers can be a championship-level team with a Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons backcourt. But I am not of the belief that they have to trade him in this month. And quite frankly, I think they should not. It would be, in my eyes, unless something crazy happens, a straight-up mistake. Let's talk about where I'm at with the T word, trading Anthony Simons. That's what we'll do to close the show in the final segment. But first, want to tell you this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, regardless of what that sport ac- sports action is. You're going to find it: uh, NBA games, NHL games. MLB futures, soccer here and abroad. Uh, you can even get in on college, women's college basketball, men's college basketball. Um, you're uh, you're a little late for college football because I'm recording this as the in the final minutes of the uh, college football national championship. But you're going to find all your sports there with in-game odds, with futures betting, with uh, with player props, plus news, analysis, even podcasts to make you a smarter, better. So don't wait. Check it out. That's Bet Online where the game starts. Today's episode is also brought to you by the good folks over at TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. 
Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes a thing that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby. Hope not taxes. Sleep through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, that is full service video products only. Video, video meeting with experts does your required taxes. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's talk about the T word. Everyone on the internet wants to trade Amphrey Simons. By everyone on the internet, I mean every single post on r slash rip city. Everyone on Reddit is posting their Anthony Simons trades. People are emailing their Anthony Simons trades. And quite frankly, I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Here's why I hate them. I do not think it makes sense for the Trailblazers to trade Anthony Simons for a lateral... Uh, for a role player. Lateral move, every time is really good. They train for someone really good who's a little bit taller, I'm into it. But the Monty Morris and Kyle Kuzma idea, the Mo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac idea, um, the Keldon Johnson pitch that someone sent me, uh, among others. No. No. <laughs> Here's why. And I'm running my hands through my hair on the YouTube video because I'm a little bit flabbergasted by this. The point of an NBA team is to get a bunch of good players on your team. The fit is an issue, and the fit is something that they should have to they they they, they will have to address at some point. But after three quarters of a season, and that's when the trade deadline will be, three quarters of a season with the Amphrey Simons and Damian Lillard backcourt, punting for a role player that's a little bit taller is a mistake. Amphrey Simons is too good to do that. He's 23 years old. He's a 20-point-per-game scorer. He's shooting, you know, he was at one point prior to a struggle, like 40% from three on volume, like an excellent, excellent offensive player. Punting on that for a role player forward in the name of this team looks a little better on defense when they're bigger gets you to the middle. It gets you to the middle with a different look. If you are chasing the middle, if you want the high of finishing fifth in the West and winning a sixth game in the playoffs, winning one playoff round and not being good enough, get a different part. Trade for a role player that's taller. Go for it. If you cash in the chips of your best and most valuable trade chip, and Amphrey Simons is exactly that. He's 23 years old. He's on a relatively reasonable contract and he's a very good offensive talent. You trade in that chip for a for role players that fit the plan better, in quotes, fit the plan better. You are trading for the middle. You are punting on Damian Lord's future, and you are lying to yourself about it. The only way the Blazers should make a trade for Anthony Simons, the only way they should trade Anthony Simons is if they're trading for a borderline all-star or a established all-star. Now, you might say, Mike, they traded C.J. McCollum and they got a guy who had never made an all-star team and wasn't even considered a borderline all-star and look at the talent they got. I'm with you. I'm with you. 
But that was a incredible needle threading. And if they had swapped it straight across, Detroit wouldn't have even done it because they wouldn't have been interested in it. You had to find a perfect partner. I think the CJ McCollum deal actually speaks to what I'm getting at. Patience is key. They were too patient with CJ. You do not want to wait too long. CJ is 29 years old. Ant's 23. He's 23 with high-level production. If you wait seven years, sure, yeah, flip him for Jeremy Grant. That's fine. But at this stage, not yet in his physical prime, already a starting caliber guard in the league, under contract for three more seasons beyond this one, if you are not trading him for at minimum an OG Ananobi type, and OG Ananobi is like maybe the best perimeter defender in the league. And even then, even then, even a straight across Amphrey Symes for OG Ananobi trade, which I do not think the Raptors would accept, does not vault the Blazers into contender status, but it does upgrade you. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at here. Hold on to your chips, because in the NBA, the best way to take advantage of teams is wait till teams get desperate. I do think the Rudy Gobert trade kind of broke the trade market a little bit. It's like really hard to gauge what all-star but not all-NBA types would get traded for. Like I, I, I recognize that it's a little bit broken. But the Rudy Gobert trade speaks to what I would like the Blazers to do. The, 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 the Wait for a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves who is desperate for an upgrade and willing to overpay to do so and then trade a good player you have. Flipping Anthony Simons for Kyle Kuzma and Monte Morris because you think we you need... Here's what the Blazers need. They need a forward who can score and, and play a little bit of defense and a backup point guard. You're going to end up with Kyle Kuzma and Monte Morris. You're not going to end up with the upgrade that vaults you into contention and you have cashed in your chips. You have to be patient and take advantage of a team that is desperate and has a need and has a moment. You trade, you cash it in for, for Jonathan Isaac, who's played two games in the last 1,000 days, and Mohamed Bamba, who has lost his spot to Bol Bol, and you're just taller. That's all you are is taller. You're worse at basketball and you're taller. There is no reason for the Blazers to rush into a trade at the deadline. I am on the record and I still maintain if the Blazers are going to vault themselves into contender status, they probably, almost certainly, they do. No, I'll just say it. If they're going to vault themselves into contender status, they have to break up the Dame and Ant backcourt. But the time to do that is not now. It's in the offseason when teams are breaking things down for real. It's in the offseason when teams are up against it and jobs are up against it. And those pesky trade demands come up when folks are eyeing greener pastures in different spots. If you cash it in in season, you are wasting your best trade chip. And wasting your trade chip is, is wasting Dame's future in a way that seems like being urgent for Dame's future. Patience is the path forward. You do not trade Anthony Simons unless you are getting a borderline all-star or an established all-star. If you do it for less, you are. it is a mistake. It is a mistake. It's a mistake. I'm of the belief they have to trade him eventually, and I'm also staunchly of the belief that eventually is not before the February 9th, 2023 trade deadline. Simons is pretty good. He's got some weaknesses, and he's not a good fit next to Damian Lord. I think we've seen that in nine months, or however long it's been. Less than nine months of actual playing, but since they've kind of anointed that as the duo of the future, I think we have enough data to say, this isn't great, or this feels familiar, and it's not the, not, not the path forward. But if you are not patient about waiting for it, you are just you're just going to end up in another cycle of the middle. You gotta wait till something big comes up because 
when there is a Kevin Durant out there to be traded for, right? Like when it is the summertime and one of the best players in the league is like, I want out. That's if you do not have that part to trade, you are out of the market. Keep yourself in the market as long as possible. Do not trade Ant right now. Don't do it. That's going to do it for today's show. Uh, more shows later this week. We're going to talk Chauncey Billups in tomorrow's show. We're going to talk Shaden Sharp in a later show. And hopefully, 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 I've got a guest. We are trying to coordinate and Friday show a return of some guests on the podcast. I guessed a fun returning guest on the podcast. Come back and check that one out. Tell your friends about this podcast. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.